Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about picking and choosing. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about why we don't get to pick and choose what we like out of God's Word. And the answer is fairly simple. The Bible is a book of books that are unlike any other. Every other book was thought up by people, and people can be wrong. That's our one big fault. So when I am reading through my favorite books, sometimes I have to pick and choose between fact and fiction because I know the source isn't always correct. But also, I have a right to pick and choose what I read based on what I like. For instance, just because a book tells me I'm only supposed to eat kale, that does not mean that I'm only going to eat kale, that I'm going to become a vegan. They may have a very good reason for me to eat kale, but I simply don't want to, and so I'm not going to. The Bible's different, though. When it says something, it means it. It's not fiction. It's not opinion. It is the absolute truth given to us by the Almighty God. In the letter by Jude, Certain people had slipped in among his recipients, and they were people who decided they could pick and choose from God's word. They rejected the sovereignty of Christ, and they had distorted their way of thinking so dramatically that Jude writes that hate even their clothing that touched their corrupted flesh. Picking and choosing from God's word just does not work. When we read the truth in the Bible, It should transform our lives. The constant thread throughout scripture is when God restores his people, it is immediate, it is far-reaching, and it is complete. That's the kind of restoration that Jude didn't see, but prescribed for these godless people he was writing to warn them about. There's no middle ground. There's no kowtowing. There are those who reject the sovereignty of God, and they are wrong, period. Those people have looked at scripture and whittled it down to something that fits into their worldview. There are all kinds of people who want to rip out a few pages of the Bible. They'll tear out a couple of pages here or there, or maybe make a whole section disappear because it challenges them to think or act differently. Sin or pride or doubt can all make someone choose their own wisdom over God's. Jude warns about these kinds of people. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. Why does that matter so much to Jude? Well, because everything we know about God and what he's done for us is in this book. Everything we know about what he expects of us and how he works in our lives is in this book. Everything we know about Jesus and what he said and what he did and how he came down to earth and became a man and faced the cross and rose from the dead is in this book. If I can't rely on part of the Bible to be trustworthy, how will I know that any of it is dependable? How do I know that Jesus is really who he says he is? And he's the one who actually came and died for my sins. I trust the entire Bible out of humility. I know my wisdom isn't comparable to God's. When James says, go to God for wisdom, I listen because he's just echoing what Christ himself said. In his final earthly prayer, Jesus prayed that the Father would sanctify his followers through thy truth. Thy word is truth in John 17, 17. In the Sermon on the Mount, 
Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will be any by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not certainly enter the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 5. You know, every letter of this book of books is important. And as easy as it might seem, to just ignore a command or rip out a page. We cannot be found righteous by God if we are not striving to keep his commands, all of them. When tempted by Satan in the desert, we remember the phrase Jesus kept repeating. It is written. Matthew chapter 4, verses 4 and 6 and 11. Why didn't Jesus just tell Satan, I say unto you, or I believe, or it's my opinion? After all, Jesus was God. He is God. His opinion is as good as anything ever written in Scripture. But Jesus repeated, it is written. So that today, we can realize that he was trusting in the very truth that we've been given. And if it was written was good enough for him, it should be good enough for us. The New Testament writers drove this point home. Paul wrote, all Scripture, not just the parts we like, all Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness in 2 Timothy 3.16. And Peter wrote, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit in 2 Peter 1.21. Someone once noted that the Bible was composed by 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years, and yet it still presents a single unified message. And that message is this. Because man has sinned, God worked down through history to bring about the coming of the Messiah who would save us from our sins. The book of book claims that it is the word of God over 2,700 times. It contains at least 300 fulfilled prophecies about Christ and it has no true contradictions. And that all points to the Messiah. But the Bible is more than just an accurate set of stories. It's history, but it's not just history. The words of the Bible, they have power. Hebrews tells us the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart in Hebrews 4.12. God said much the same thing back in the Old Testament. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. In Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. You know, the Bible presents itself as a mighty tool. And while some may try to rip it apart, the Bible can defend itself. And even more than that, Scripture has the power in its words to transform the minds and the hearts of those who repent. That's not possible, though, until we decide that our wisdom is not as wise as God's wisdom. It's only when we humbly submit to his will and stop picking and choosing what we like out of his word that we can be transformed 
and to who he created us to be. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually, using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday, so that you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.